This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi guys and welcome back to your weekly Stoke City podcast every step along the way. So again, a lot to discuss this week. We'll look at the draw versus Forest. We'll discuss the upcoming game versus Birmingham. Look at all the news from around the club this week, as well as another Stoke City quiz. And as always, we're joined by Andy and Dan. Guys, uh, Dan, to start with, how, how's your week been, mate? You been okay? Yeah, I've had a, I've, I've had a good week, um, to be honest. Obviously, it helps with some you know decent results coming in from Stoke. It keeps the positive vibes going, doesn't it? No weekend ruined and all that. Yeah, it makes a change, mate, doesn't it? Um, uh, yeah, and Andy, how, how's things uh, with you, Ben, mate? You okay? Pretty Got decent. Ahead. Finally successful on the job front. So that's I was gonna one say, good thing. Yeah, well no done. No more basically. talking about interviews. And I was going to say, uh, what, what's it, just while we're on that subject, what's a lifeguard's interview like? Because I'm assuming you don't go swimming. No, um, I don't have my um, training course yet, but that's going to take about a week. But you go in, it's like any other normal interview. You get your, your normal interview questions. They ask you, like, what good skills are there for a lifeguard? And then they straight up offered at me straight after the interview. Like, you know, bang on the money. Didn't have to wait any longer. <laughs> I must admit, though, mate, I found it quite funny how the first time they're actually going to see whether you're capable is when they've already offered you the job exactly <laughs> if there's one job that you need to see someone in practice for that is it um but anyway <laughs> yeah well, well you can done, just mate. imagine can just imagine can't you like he gets his first day he's sat there someone's drowning he goes andy andy quick get in there <laughs> I, I can't swim <laughs> i think there was someone who went there who said that they can't swim and i was like oh god it, surely there's other departments you could have applied for. Yeah, wow. Okay, end of interview. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. Anyway, obviously we're here not to talk about swimming lessons, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, okay, cool. So we've obviously got quite a bit to run through, um, as I mentioned in the intro. So we've got a number of different things. But um, I think we're, we're very, well, we better kick off with a match that you attended, Andy. Um, so yeah, Forest, a very topsy-turvy game you know just swinging and roundabouts mate but um again i watched your uh your youtube video that, that you did um and it sounded like you had a good day mate overall despite absolutely, it was only absolutely a point brilliant yeah it was a point in the end but like we said before the game started if we went there we were we would have taken a point at the start of the match 
Um, we played like we should have won. Obviously, their free kick uh, rebound that they scored, it was, you could say, lucky, but Joe Allen committing the foul. It's it's one of them unfortunate moments. Obviously, we can talk about Bryce Amber getting sent off for God knows how long of how we slapped Jagielka on the back of the head. Um, but, yeah, we played brilliantly. We had about, I think it was 62% possession, so even more than against Swansea. And if you listen to Steve Cooper's interview, he said, oh, yeah, Stoke were there for the taking. It was a bang average game of football. Delusional. Like, uh, we... He doesn't have a clue. He doesn't. And especially considering they're the most informed team in the league, it shows how much progress we've made this season in terms of system, players coming back and players we've recruited. Yeah, it, it does, mate. And I know obviously we'll talk about like team and stuff later on, but uh, I think we're starting to really cement a, a first 11-ish, if yeah, you like. It's pretty much picking itself. Yeah, it, it's getting there. And I mean, the red card was just ridiculous. I mean, yes, you know, Jagielka's has given a bit of a nudge, but that happens week in, week out. Yeah. Nothing of any ilk. It makes me wonder whether Jagielka said something to him. Well, here's a fact about Bryce Amber's red card. The five yellow cards he's picked up this season are for his time-wasting. The only foul he's conceded this season is that, and he gets him a red card. Are you sure he doesn't play for Bournemouth, mate? Because he said time Maybe, maybe. No. Um, Might be employed to be on loan. Andy's starting early in the stat-off. He is, any he? Bloody hell, Andy. Just wait for a bit, eh? <laughs> Jesus. Just, yeah, I'm going to dock you a point for that. Um, anyway... Uh, yeah, so stupid red card. I mean, as as a manager, you've got to be furious with that. I mean, again, Baker, it's weird. Every time we always pick up a penalty, you just expect us to miss it. Now, all of a sudden, he's you don't... Re- I mean, obviously, you're always worried, but uh, we've actually got confidence. We've got a man who will yeah. just step up and take it. And for a player who's barely really had much chance, you know, to, to take a lot of penalties and play loads and loads of games for, you know, constant first-team football. He has settled in incredibly yeah. well. Well, if you re-watch the highlights, he could have also scored a free kick that just hit the post. Yeah. So that, that, that would have been a 3-2 win at that point. It's just... Is that, is that the one that Joe Allen added the open goal rebound? Yeah. Well. They just, the advertising board tell him, like, the goal's there or something like that. I don't know what the advertising board said, <laughs> but it was like, aim for the goal or something, wasn't it? It's a very harsh one, though, mate. The pace that that's gone yeah. back. Any if it was anyone taller, I think it would have been him. Yeah, the fact he was following in, he should be commended for, I suppose. At least he was looking to get in there. Well, I mentioned last that. week, at least he's flying himself at the ball this time. Mm. What did you think about Joe Allen's performance then? He's, he's somebody that comes up on this podcast a lot. Not not necessarily from us, to be honest, but from obviously other people. Um We mentioned a couple of things there. He missed that header, fair enough. Um But then, obviously, then the tackle... It's weird. He reminds me, this is a bit of a strange comparison to make, I think, but he reminds me a bit of Charlie Adam. He yeah. was another player who very much kind of split opinion, would give away stupid free kicks that we get punished for. Um, do you think he's becoming a bit of a, the, the new Charlie Adam, a nice little scapegoat for people? It's, it, it's one of them. Obviously, with the players that he's got now around him, he's able to take a few more risks, and maybe he's taking too many risks. But He's a lot better than what he was at the start of the season. I think even better than when he was in the Premier League standard-wise. He's doing a lot more for the team, and I, I think he's just a better player than what he was. Fair enough. No, well, fair enough, mate. And it was, again, in terms of other players, I mean, Bidace, I think, looked, looked good again. Uh, Brown, yeah. he's like a different player this season. It, it really is. Well, Bidace yeah, had again. one or two attempts from distance that almost yeah. went in as well. Like, yeah, 
we would save. never normally have a player taking shots in there, would we? But Dace has yeah. got the confidence around him, and if we can get him on another loan next season, well, it's funny. It's, it's funny you say that though, because that, that that is like typically a Stoke side. We don't score from distance, do we? we don't see, no. You know, we we don't shoot from distance. We don't try. Yet we actually got eleven goals from outside the box this season, more than more than any other club in the division, which is a bit of a was a shock to me when I saw that this week. I was like, how, how have we done that? <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I was like, following the line across and you, like three or four times. I was like, no, it definitely is Stoke. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I was surprised about, a little bit kind of unrelated in a way, but how close, Andy, you were to the Forest fans. The Forest fans. fans. It's like, for how far we have, the Stoke fans are yeah. always away in, in the hour away end. I thought that was ridiculous. Well, was there not Forest fans above you as well? Yeah, Forest fans are above us as well, but oh, it's also the idea. fact that Obviously, I can get tickets at first, so I was hoping just to get two tickets for the match. Went sit down. I'm thinking, uh, I'm sitting here. <laughs> oh no! But honestly, like it was, it was banter between the fans. Like you could tell at the end of the game, everything just calmed down between both sets of fans. It was there for the match, and yeah. I've had a few comments from Forest fans on the video I've done saying like, "Oh yeah, like good luck for the rest of the season." You can tell that the things that they'd say were there for that 90 minutes. But to be fair, great set of fans. I will give it to you. Brilliant set of fans, Forrestar. It must admit, it was it was quite. Um, it, it's a great atmosphere to be in. I oh, love yeah. being that close to the away fans. It, it makes it. It really does. And I, I wish maybe the the kind of bands would be a bit better if we were a bit closer to the away fans at the, <laughs> the three six five. But yeah, yeah. Um, anyone else you want to call out from the game? Anyone from um, the outside down? The, or? I can call out one bad thing that the Forest fans oh. did. Um, if you read an article that a beer bottle was thrown at Madger when he celebrated yes yeah. additionally when Nick Powell went off injured I didn't get it on camera but he had lighters thrown at him as well but it, it just doesn't serve a place in football does it really like he's gone down injured and he gets lighters thrown at him like he was off the field as it was anyway so mm. it'll never stop though mate no it- one day, it, I mean, it could go this way, but with the things such as, you know, throwing lighters and bottles and stuff, the only way that's going to happen is if they start putting nets up, which is obviously very controversial and people will not like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will, if it only takes one player to get seriously injured and seriously, seriously hurt, and that's what will that's what'll start happening. I can guarantee yeah. it. Um, and, you know, people just need to just get a grip. You're there to watch a football match players done nothing to you just grow up and get over it um you can't blame the player he's gonna he's gonna celebrate so uh yeah i think overall i think every one of us would have taken a point i think the only other thing i'd probably say on that point i think there's a lot of knee-jerk reactions after the game i understand they had a defender in goal and all that and yeah you know we could shoot from 30 or 40 yards if we want to you can maybe give them a little bit of criticism in a way but um i think by and large, this season, we've actually handled a lot of games quite well. Uh, I think overall, I think there has been a very few cases earlier on in the season where we've just keep giving goals, you know, goal leads away. But I think we're starting to stamp that out now. Um, but yeah, overall, good point. Uh, again, sets us up nicely. We did say that from the, the Swansea and the Forest game, we need to get four points. Anything less than that is... Um, is well, it's kind of season over, I suppose. So we've done well. We've got four points. Um, Dan, was there anything else? Any other fancy stats you've got to throw into the mix, mate? Or uh, I'll, I'll just say on Joe Allen. Um, 
loved it, obviously. I think with that free kick, I think he was quite harshly done by. If you watch the replay, the guy's waiting for the contact and he's already on the way down when Joe sort of yeah. brushes into him. Um, I don't think... I think it, you know, if, if the guy had stood there and gone shoulder to shoulder, it's you know, then it, he's not going to go down off it. It's not a foul, but I think he was looking. I think he he, he realised he was running into a bit of a bit of trouble and just decided best option was hit the deck and hope that the ref blew blew you know, blew up for a free kick, uh, which he did do. That, that's my viewpoint on it anyway. I think he was harsh, um, and obviously then he gets the <laughs> he gets the stick done to of. Of um, you know being the one, the bad guy, the fool guy, as you like. But yeah, I I personally think the refs uh, got their decision wrong. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, mate. But at the same time, isn't it funny if if it would have been one of them scenarios where they would have just let him run through and he wouldn't you know nestle it into the bottom corner? But like Joe, why didn't you try and stop him? It, it, it's you know it just happens to be Joe Allen this week. It could be somebody else. I agree with you in the fact that. I think we had enough defensive cover. We didn't need to make that challenge. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I think all he's tried to do is he's tried to put himself, his body between the player and the ball, and he stepped yeah. across. And that's that basically, yeah, that is how you win the ball, isn't it? Really, without without going to ground, you put you, you know, the ball's there. He's put himself, he's he's, he's put his leg there, put himself between the attacker and the ball, and then he's gonna, you know, with his left leg, whatever, scoop the ball away, and and off he goes. Um, like I say, the guy was already on his way down, and the referees brought the free kick. Fair enough, you know. Not it's, it, that's that's how attacking play works, isn't it? He's not, he realised he wasn't going to go any further, and he thought, well, the best option here is try and go, you know, a free kick and go from there. Um, I do, you know, I like Joe Bursic. I do think maybe he could have done better with the with the free kick. It was well struck with pace, but it was pretty much straight at him. And I do think maybe he should have just tipped it over the bar rather than. Onto the bar. Yeah, we can. One of them. We can. We can obviously forgive him for being maybe being a bit rusty. Okay, so that obviously takes us nicely onto uh, the, uh, the the actual polls for this week. Uh, as always, we always like to try and get everyone's thoughts. Um, funny enough, it's the same three people that were voted in last week uh, have made it this week, so it shows the kind of influence they're having. But uh, yeah, so the options, just as a reminder, was Bidace, Brown, and Baker. So third place was Brown this week with two percent. That was very harsh, but two percent. Uh, second place was Bidace with 13%, and it won't be surprised then by law of averages, it's the first place for Baker with 82%. Uh, there were a few honourable mentions, if you like, so uh, A more on Twitter uh, went for Josh Tymon, and I know there was a number of people saying Ben Wilmot um, as well from there. So, uh, yeah, Baker, I must admit, I've got a feeling he's going to start marching up that uh, kind of man of the match league table uh, that we obviously put out if he carries on how he's going. Um, but yeah, a couple of, of mentions for Wilmot as well, then, by the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean, I think he's playing really well at right back at the minute. He seems to have uh, been enjoying his, his extra bit of freedom down the flank, <laughs> his new role. But uh, we, I think we uh, Tommy Smith needs to keep his. You know, keep his boots clean and ready to go because I think we've seen in the Sentinel this week, Pete Smith reported um, that Ben Wilmot obviously has been booked the last four matches now. And if he gets the yellow card in any of the next seven league games, then he's going to have a two match ban. So, uh, yeah, mm. the, the form he's in, he seems to be the, the refs, like I say, love him, love giving a card to him at the minute. Uh, I think a couple of them have been quite harsh as well. <laughs> so he does seem to be. Uh, 
you know, the, the refs not taking the sh- not taking a liking to him very much, are they? But uh, yeah, he um, seven games, seven league games, he's got to go without getting a a yellow. So, so uh, yes, thanks, Pete, for that and the seven. Yeah, and I, I think to be honest, mate, he's he's probably going to have to do his best there because we all know. I mean, Smith is still not a bad player. Let's not, you know, let's not pretend that he's a rubbish player because we know he isn't. Um, I think Ben, you know, has just done so well in that position recently that, you know, he's he's really shining. But I think Ben himself probably knows that if he obviously has to have a game out, um, or you know, a couple of games out, then if Smith comes in, does well, then Smith will get the uh, the nod for the remainder of the season until either he gets sent off or or one else. It's one. Of, it's, it's the whole point of. Of competition, isn't it? To you know, to really have players fine for them places. So, uh, yeah, I think we might. As long as he doesn't pull out of any tackles, uh, I'm hoping that's not playing on his mind too much because in that in that position, that's the last thing you need. But um, so yeah, okay. Well, that's a, a great place to uh, leave the uh, the, the forest review. So let's have a listen to this week's Stone News. <laughs> Okay, okay, so it's actually been quite a, a quiet week, to be fair, on, on the Stoke News front. But um, obviously, the FA Cup draws we discussed last week, we got Palace in the Cup. Uh, so the tickets have gone on sale for the Cup game now. So it's been arranged for, I think it's Tuesday, as it's March the 1st. Um, and we've been given just under 2,900 tickets, which uh, actually are very reasonable, I think, 20 quid a ticket. I think that's a pretty decent price. Um, I can't remember who it was now, and I'm, I'm sure one of you have seen this, but was it Peterborough? A 42 quid. Okay, it is so, indeed. Yeah, yeah, 42 quid, which is absolutely obscene. Um, now, obviously, I know people are going to say, well, yeah, OK, well, I've got to, got to get travel down there. Well, um, you know, again, if we think about Stokes tickets, so the, co- the coach travel and Andy, this is one of the things you mentioned the other day, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 25 quid for the coach. Now, I know for a lot of people at the minute that might feel like a lot of money when people are used to move free coaches and stuff like that. Um, but if you have a quick look on the, you know, the trains and stuff like that. About maybe, 80 you know, quid train wise. Exactly. So it's it's one of them. 45 quid, including your travel. It's probably the most reasonable price you'll get. Like, for example, yeah. Nottingham are charging 30 quid for people to go to Bournemouth. It's it's round the average price, isn't it really, that you'd expect? Yeah, but we, still we, for two people, it's ninety quid. It sounds like a lot, but it's most reasonable price you're probably going to get. Yeah, it, it is, mate. And and obviously, all us three were discussing this last night, weren't we, about mm-hmm. costs and stuff like that. I reckon Stoke and Dan, I think you made this comment, mate, that Stoke probably don't make any money on the actual coach travel. Uh, so, well, obviously, when we're giving it away for free, even though we've got a bit of a grant, we definitely aren't making money on it. But I think for this one, we're very much just probably covering the the costs. I would expect. Yeah, I can imagine. Like I say, once you take into account the, you know, the, the cost of hiring the coach, and you got the coach, you got to pay for, obviously the driver for the day, you've got to pay for the, you know, the fuel for the distance, and I imagine, like I think I mentioned, like I imagine the insurance as well. Um, they're gonna have their own insurance for us. It's it's not it's gonna cost a pretty penny to uh, put a coach on. I imagine. Yeah, I, I think I think did you work out it would be about eleven hundred quid. For all the people on a coach or something. Yeah, I think if you if you say like you know fifty people are going, twenty five quid a pop, then yeah, you're talking like about about you know twelve hundred and fifty quid or that. Yeah, 
Yeah, so either, either way, I mean, we, we can't criticise the club. It's definitely the cheapest way you're going to get to Palace. And from what I hear, and uh, I've never been, I've never been to Palace, but uh, apparently it's a pain in the absolute backside to get to, <laughs> you know, parking to nightmare. So from what I'm, the way I'm looking at this is, you're paying 25 quid for your travel, plus the convenience of probably being very close to the ground um, and not having to worry about trying to find somewhere to park, etc. So, uh, yeah, I think it sounds like the best option. But like I say, if anyone wants to go, uh, tickets are on sale. Obviously, as a reminder, especially obviously for the overseas uh, people that we we know listen to the pod, um, it is t- televised on the BBC. Uh, I think it's BBC Red Button. I'm not going to say iPlayer then, but it's not. It's Red Button. Um, so again, yeah, iPlayer as well. iPlayer as well. Okay, well there you go. Yeah. I obviously knew it. Didn't know. Didn't know that I knew. Um, so <laughs> either way, it will be available to people to watch if you can't or don't want to make that trip. Um, one thing I did notice, you know, it leaves at quarter past one in the afternoon. Does that sound right? It's a three and a half hour trip to get down there. Quarter oh, um, eight kickoff. If, if you think about it, you're going into London as people are finishing work as well. Yeah. Oh God. That, that mate, that's a long day. Is get there. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think it's on a week where there's school as well so that'll be even more mad traffic so i think the time it's leaving is probably the, a good time oh man what time i get there <laughs> good mate i take it you're not going to this one Andy. yeah no i'm sticking to the red button with this one yeah don't blame me mate you, you you're one of many i know we've got you know 2900 tickets but i think you know you said yourself probably not going to get more than a thousand going i don't think um but you know again on the, red the button. climate yeah if it, was, if it wasn't televised probably would get more but i can't blame anyone for wanting to watch it for free um to be honest with you and i not, think it's because of every round we've had so far the fa cup's been at home hasn't it so i think people would just want the ease of just staying at home really i think as well like it's two days off work for people and to really like you know or at least at least like you know one day uh, on the tuesday because yeah. you're not going to get back till the early hours of Wednesday, are Especially if it goes to like extra time and penalties. Well, I start work on the Wednesday, so I'm, I'd rather yeah. stay at home. <laughs> oh, bloody hell, well, like... you can't be late for work first. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'd be like on the couch, can we just detour and drop me off Stolten Towers, please? <laughs> jumps, jumps in the water and just falls asleep. <laughs> That's the way it's going to wake me up. Um, but yeah, I think, like I say, it's... Um, it's a bit of a nightmare get to, and probably going to be a bit of a nightmare get everybody back as well. So, like I say, fair play to anybody who goes down there. It's, I think a lot of people might struggle as well. Like if it's a league game, you've got plenty of notice, haven't you? To, if it is with work, you can try and book the day or book a couple of days off, whatever. But obviously the cup games, because they only come with a couple of weeks' notice. Um, and then obviously you, know, you have to wait a few days as well, don't you, to know when the actual game's going to take place. Yeah. It, yeah, I think people, you know, it's more difficult for people isn't it, to to get the time off as well. Yeah, absolutely, mate. But like I say, um, hopefully we'll get through that one. I know we'll talk about it a little bit closer to the time, obviously probably on next week's pod, um, around what we think about that particular result. But um, yeah, obviously best of luck to anyone who goes down. Um, next one. So uh, the goal of the month. So the EFL Championship uh, own page put out their uh, man of the match. Sorry, goal of the month award rather. Um, and uh, they give uh, a few options as always. So it was QPR's Chris uh, Willick, uh, Bristol City's Antoine Semenyo, and if I pronounce it. Um, and then a certain chap that we uh, we all may know about. Wilmot now, who was busy in the first half, hits a pile driver! Oh, what a strike from Ben Wilmot! It is a quite unbelievable goal! 
from a man who hasn't scored for Stoke before. So, guys, um, as we've seen, uh, Ben Wilmot has won uh, the uh, the goal of the month, and we all three of us, uh, manager Amazon, of course, but uh, and I think your your little ones as well. If I remember rightly, down we were all very much right behind that, weren't we? Um, and it was a screamer. Yeah, I, we all. Did. <laughs> I think it was like, what a goal! Where's that come from? But it's more like what well, we were just sort of looking at each other, weren't we, in in sort of astonishment at what we'd seen. Uh, but yeah, it was a great strike, great connection, and and uh, I loved how he just started, like say stepped into it, and uh, it reminded me a bit. I mean, I know it was like different side of the goal, and it was, it was a bit more central from where he hit it, but it reminded me of, like Dave Brammer's goal against Dave Brammer, and you were going to say that <laughs> just just how the ball was sort of come from that side, didn't it? And it was pushed along. I mean, like I say, I know Dave was a bit more in the central onto when he hit his, um, and he didn't really take a touch either, did he? he just pinged at the top corner but just just the build up and then smack but yeah it just just came out of the blue I think it was as well because people were sort of still settling down weren't they because it was like literally seconds after the start of the second half um, and I think like people still getting to the seats and stuff like that and yeah. you know clicking in that the game had actually kicked off <laughs> and there we were and it's one of them as well, mate. That obviously Dave Brammer was a midfielder who you would expect to at least have a crack. I mean, the fact that this guy's a centre back turned right back, um, scoring from there, it was it was just crazy. I think the kids are spoilt, mate. Back in our day, we, we were lucky to see a goal. Never mind see goals like that. Um, but he <laughs> well, caught the Sarba. <laughs> he didn't have much in his locker for us, did he, Dave, Dave Brammer? But he did have that like the tendency to be able to shoot from the, around the edge of the box. Yeah, and Brett Bramber was the the player who played for Stoke Vale and crew, if I remember rightly as well. He did. He was also the one who um, he let slip, didn't he? Working on Radio Stoke, he uh, let slip about the cage that people used to make his sentiments playing. So yeah, yeah, he was the one who uh, let everybody know that that's that's why <laughs> when people were wondering why he was stood on the centre half stairs pinging. 70, 80 yard diagonals into the corner flag when no one was there. He was like, well, that was my job. <laughs> I got dogs abused for it because people thought I was crap, but actually that was what I was asked to do. Yeah, no, fair enough. And uh, Andy, this is probably before your time, I expect, mate. Mm-hmm. The Dave Brammers. Some, but... some names I'm not really <laughs> recognising, but mate, Wilmot's goal, we, we said it was similar to, you know, when Peter Crouch did his goal, but on the floor. That's... That's how I'd say it. And it, I don't want to slate James Chester anymore because we've not mentioned him, but, but it's probably one of the best things he's done for Stoke playing that pass. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it must admit, if he gets an assist bonus, it's been an absolute travesty. Yeah. Um, but well, never mind. I, I, I read someone's comment saying, oh, it was a hit and hope. Isn't every Give shot you do a bit of hit and hope? A, a travesty <laughs> for James Chester? What do you mean he put it on a plate for him? No, not a travesty <laughs> for James Chester. No. As, as in that, that bloke being paid. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's harsh. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna find the Dave Brammer goal for you because the, yeah. Dave Brammer's was a, a scorcher, mate, and you'll understand. Uh, I've already found it. It was against Luton Town twelve years ago. Yeah. And after, also, after rewatching the shot from Ben Wilmot, though, it's not like he's just hit it. He's also placed it as well in that top corner. He's aimed it for that top corner. He's not just smacked it and gone. Oh, if it misses, oh well. Bra- yeah. Brammers was also a 93rd minute winner. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to send it to our group chat. You can, you can all have a look. Um, okay. But anyway, uh, yeah, so obviously, well done 
uh, to him. It's another player that's had uh, either a player or goal of the month. So that's brilliant to see. I think the Stoke fans really get behind it, though, don't they? We're very good at hounding. Uh, we have polls like that. Um, and let's move on to the final piece um, in this week's uh, kind of news anyway. So, Dan, uh, our Mr. Uh, Under-18s, Under-23s, Mr. Stato. Um, it's been a very, very busy week for the youth teams, hasn't it? It has. They've been cup, cup action all the way and uh, cup victories as well. So, the Under-23s, they defeated Southend 5-1 in the Under-23 Premier League Cup. It was a hat-trick for Douglas James Taylor and goals for Will Goodwin and Jamargio Wright-Phillips. Uh, so that puts us into the last 16 of that competition. How did you Which hear is... about that, mate? <laughs> well, um, Flash Scores, give them a cheap plug. They, <laughs> they kept pinging on my phone and then I had to keep searching Twitter to find out who'd actually scored because... Uh, unfortunately, there was nothing from the official site, so they'd obviously not sent anybody to uh, Roots Hall in Southend for the uh, for the game. Unfortunately, so yeah, I was uh, relying on the local Southend papers Twitter feed for, and the uh, Southend actually have a dedicated, you know, League Two Southend. They've got a dedicated uh, academy uh, Twitter Twitter feed, so. Yeah, they they kept us in in with the, what was happening as well as the like I say the local reporter down there, but yeah, as for anything from Stoke, unfortunately, and it was picked up by not just myself but others who were keen to you know be finding out what was going on. There was actually nothing nothing at all from this game. Well, it's going to be on the agenda, I think, mate, for the supporters council. So we'll discuss it. Um, I, th- I know it's going to be one. We have a, a pre-meeting just to discuss topics, but I know it's one that you know. I think Jules will mention. I think it's definitely something I'll mention. Uh, and you know, again, I think everyone's fully aware of it. It does make you wonder why, you know, South End can have one, but Stoke can't. Yeah, I mean, like. Um... With the under-23s as well, obviously, like I said, they're into the last 16 of that competition. Uh, they're also in the semi-finals of the Staff Senior Cup, and they're going to play Stafford Rangers. Obviously, it's Stafford Rangers, um, like, first team that they play there. Uh, but we obviously uh, you know, submit our under-23s into that competition. Um, anyone who wants to go watch them this week, they are in action. They're at home to Burnley uh, on Monday night at the Lime Valley Stadium, kick-off 7pm. Anybody wants to go to the under-23s? Well, um, moving on to the under 18s, and we have a good. We had a good win last week. We beat Arsenal two one in the quarterfinals of the under 18 Premier League Cup. So the man of the moment, yeah, the, the superstar in the making, Emre Tezgal scored a goal in each half. Um, so yeah, so he uh, like I say fired us through to the victory and fired us into the last four. And actually, looking through the competition as it was this week. I noticed that we got by far the best defence in the whole um, in the whole cup competition because there was a group stage first and then obviously it's gone into quarterfinals and now we're into the semis. Nice. Uh, to put it into perspective, uh, we've only conceded... To, Arsenal scored in the 92nd minute like a consolation and that's only the second goal that we've conceded in the whole competition so far. Um, the three other semi-finalists, Fulham, who finished behind Stoke in the group stage, they've conceded five, as have Leicester, while Chelsea have let in nine so far. I'm saying we've only let in two. So it's uh, both built on a solid defence. And then obviously, you know, if you don't concede 
you're always going to be in games, especially in cup competitions, aren't you? So uh, yeah, I was going to say, mate, Emre, is he somebody you think that we might see making a bit more of a breakthrough next season? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think once this season's done with, I think he'll be done with the under 18s person. I think he'll be become yeah. more of a mainstay in the under 23 squad. Um, obviously, in the first half of the season, Will Goodwin was on was on loan at Hartlepool. Um, you know, Douglas um, James Taylor, who, who scored the hat trick this week, he had a spell into a month on loan at Wealdstone. Um, so obviously, there were gaps up front where he's been able to to get under twenty three action. But although we want to progress Emre, it's looking at the bigger picture into it as well. And obviously, he's gone to that game against Arsenal last weekend, and you know he's, he's still gaining the experience there. It's a big game in respect of, you know, we're getting to the, the latter stages of a, of a major cup competition at that level. And also it then allows, you know, the, the, the older players who are in the under-23s and in that age range, they are still developing and getting game time as well. Because um, obviously there's no point sticking Emre on the bench for the under-23s when he could be playing for the under-18s. And also you've got to be looking at, are we going to be developing the whole youngsters, you know, the whole batch of youngsters that we've got, if we stick in Emery in the first team for the under-23s and we've got people like Goodwin and and uh, Taylor and that's, you know, sat on the bench not getting yeah. a game. Um, so, yeah, I think this was the most positive sort of you know, way we can do it. And obviously, you know, we, we, we don't want to be losing to Arsenal, either do we, in any competition at any level. <laughs> no, there's never never an excuse. We always want to be <laughs> Arsenal. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyone who wants to watch the under-18s as well this weekend, uh, they're at home to Everton. 11am uh, kickoff at Clayton Woods on Saturday morning. Lovely. Perfect. Cheers, mate. But, yeah, uh, women as well. The women beat Brighouse Town 3-2 last week. And this week they're away from home at Sporting Calsa. Kicking off 2pm on Sunday. Uh, they do have a Twitter feed. They, they run themselves. So, <laughs> good for them. You know, they actually do... Um, you know, have, have a way of keeping in contact with everybody and letting them know how they're getting on. Uh, but yes, I don't know where Sporting Castle is, so don't ask me the question. <laughs> I was literally about to ask you. Come on, if you know this, I'm impressed. Uh, don't worry, I'll let you Google it, mate. While uh, while we're <laughs> while we're talking about other things, but so, uh, yeah, I think that quite uh, just about does it for this week's news. Let's have a quick look now at Birmingham this weekend. <laughs> Okay, okay, then. So uh, an important game this weekend. Something for me, we have we absolutely have to win. Um, but uh, this is the section I love. Head to head, it means a lot more. As I said, I think last week. Now it's now almost Dan versus Andy on who can find the most interesting <laughs> stats. So um, as long as the head to head for you two, can we have some head to head, please, for Birmingham? So I, I think Andy, you went first last week. I think. Um, so, uh, Dan, I'm going to let you go first this week, mate, with your with your stats. Well, take yourself a pillow and something to get comfortable with, because there aren't many goals in there aren't many goals in games between Stoke and Birmingham. There have been so many nil nil and one nil games recently. Um, right. In fact, Stoke have only scored seven in the last fifteen league meetings with Birmingham. Uh, so that's not great reading, is it? But since no. the infamous 7 0 defeat in 1998, the game that I'm sure you remember, Mike, 
storm in the boardroom and people I, on the pitch and all sorts there. I do, mate. I think I can't. I don't actually. I haven't done the maths. I can't remember how old I was, but I remember being in, in the stand. What was the old um? Was it old? What was it now? John Smith's upper or something? It used to be called something like that. Um, I remember being bloody scared, mate. To be honest, watching all the fans jump on the pitch and start trying to climb up the stands over the bloody you know dugouts and everything i remember just like what the hell's going on here um so yeah it's it was scary mate i think i think i might have been about 10 88 i was born in 88 so it must have been 10 i guess yeah i, th- yeah, I think i think i think putting the whole squad up for sale three days before and and them only finding out via the sentinel wasn't the best thing <laughs> for <laughs> <No>. morale <laughs> i think I don't think that helped. Um, but yeah, since that day, which we won't talk about anymore, um, we've played six times at home against Birmingham. Won two, drawn two, lost two, scored six, conceded five. Although in that, you think, oh, well, you know, that's a goal for a goal against the game. Uh, there was a 3-2 win in 2010 when Hoof, Fuller and then a late Dean Whitehead goal uh, secured the points. And I'm just going to on that it's hard to decipher Birmingham's form really I mean the last 10 games they've lost to Fulham, Bournemouth Blackburn, QPR and Sheffield United so pretty much five out of the top what seven, eight, seven, eight teams in the league there they've drew with Preston and Derby and Peterborough and they've beat Barnsley now you'd say well okay they drew with Preston they're on a decent run Derby, Peterborough, down the bottom end of the league, and they beat Barnsley, which everyone seems to beat Barnsley at the minute. Although they did win, didn't they, in midweek? But they did that. But they they beat Luton three 0 last weekend. So have they turned a corner? Are we now playing them a couple of weeks too late? That's the question that we'll find out. Well, um, mm, I mean, I'm not sure if I might be stealing Andy's thunder here, or maybe even your thunder, but <laughs> I think they've got some considerable players out this weekend so yep. hopefully not and Sorry, that's what I'm going to touch on uh, I'm not so that's good for you Andy <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got left just with the last couple of things uh, it's going to be very much a clash of styles here, Birmingham have attempted less passes than any side in the division, 9,702 whereas Stoke is 7th for passes 13,295 Birmingham have attempted over 2,000 long passes, which is nearly 500 more than Stoke. And they have just under 7,000 short passes, which again is another league low, which is dwarfed by Stoke's 11,500 short passes. So nearly double. So what I would decipher from that is expect counter-attack long balls from Birmingham with them sitting deep while Stoke are patiently playing the ball around looking for a gap. To me... Josh Madger, his movement and ability to find space in and around the six-yard box could be crucial to this game. Can I just ask, how the yeah. hell do they count passes in a match? Who's Somebody. sitting there? No, they can't be. It, can't, it cannot be. It can't be that. Or else so, I want that job. I know how they calculate distance and things like that. They have like a monitor on them or something like that. But do you know like the old clickers? Do you know someone's just got one of them? <laughs> they just click it as it goes. <laughs> Every time someone passes. Martin Tyler's just sitting there whilst commentating, just spamming it. 
Um, I did mention as well, Dintel, that Birmingham beat Luton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having watched it back, I think it was shocking defending for all three goals. Um, but Lyle Taylor and Bakuna have definitely made them a better side. Lyle Taylor's four games have seen him get three goals and one assist. And of course, they do have Lukas Djukovic, is it, would you say? Djukovic, I think. Djukovic. Djukovic. All all three of us have said it differently. (laughs) (laughs) Due to our surprise. He he loves playing against Stoke, doesn't he? He always seems to bag against Stoke. Um, Always. So no doubt they'll stick him out. But I was, you know, I mean, like, sort of doing a bit of research earlier on. I was amazed to find that he's English. English all the way, born in England, lived in England his whole life, played his whole career in England. I was like, he's got a Polish granddad. But I was like, whoa, what? I, I'd always just assumed that obviously he was, like I say, Polish. <laughs> but yeah, so excuse my ignorance, please. Yeah. To be fair, mate, I think a lot of people wouldn't have known about that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you, make, you make an assumption based on the name, don't you, there? Yeah. To be honest. So. Fair enough. Um, Andy, I must admit, mate, he's, he's, you're going to have to do something pretty yeah. impressive, mate. He's, do, he's done a good job here. Have you got anything else to add so, to that? As we know, Birmingham obviously have two of our ex-players and Ryan Woods and Scott Hogan. Scott Hogan won't be featuring. He picked up a calf injury against Bournemouth. Um, their centre-back, Mark Roberts, is also out. Um, he won't be back for another couple of weeks. He's complained about tightness. Um, George Friend as well is out for them, as well as two um, former Watford players, Troy Deeney and Taylor Richards. And their loanee, uh, Tahit Chong, who's on loan from uh, Man United, is still out injured. And he's been injured since last November. So six of their key players they've had from the start of the season and throughout are injured as well. Um, I'm happy to hear about Troy Deeney, mate. Firstly, I didn't even realise he played for them anymore. Yeah. Um, but but he, again, he's out another injured. player who likes scoring against Stoke. Yeah. So um, Stoke, in their last eight league games against Birmingham... Two draws and five losses. The last home when we ha- last when we had against them was at home in July 2020. Um, Birmingham have kept a clean sheet in 11 of the last 15 league matches against Stoke, where they've won nine, drawn four, and lost two. Where we've only scored seven in those 15 games. Um, obviously, we won our last uh, home game against Swansea, which is um, following a run of five games without a win, and. Um, which is pretty decent. Lyle Taylor, who um, Dan mentioned, has been involved in four goals in his four championship matches for Birmingham this season, with those making up 57% of the goals Blues have scored since his debut. And additionally, Lewis Baker has had a direct hand in, in four of Stoke's last seven league goals, which is three goals and one assist. But he has never scored more than three goals in a single English league season, which was three for MK Dons in 14-15. Mm, what a great time to do it at the weekend then, don't you think? Well, we say that players fall off. Hopefully, Lewis Baker just doesn't do anything anymore. <laughs> he's got his three goals, all right. Cheers, lads. Yeah, he's signing off for the rest of the season. You know, I know Wilmot, you, Wilmot, you I, can take that penalty this time. <laughs> I know you said uh, you were glad that Troy Dean is out, uh, Mike. I'm glad that uh, Chong's not playing. What oh, a player he looks. He is. But also remember, Ryan Woods is coming back and he'll probably start. Ryan Woods, but I think everyone's forgotten about Ryan Woods. Went out on loan to Millwall, didn't he? And then just went off the radar to Birmingham. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So, I mean, oh, I, I mean you, you mentioned it, um, Andy, there, that obviously you know, Ryan Woods and Scott Hogan are former mm-hmm. players at Birmingham. I've got some other players here that have played for both clubs. 
Go on then. It's obviously Jack Butland. Yeah. Oh, Paul Pesky Salido. Dan's, Dan's going in the past to a one up me here. No, 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 no. These are these not to be counted. <laughs> okay, then I'll let you off. Uh, Jack Butland got Paul Pesky Salido, former okay. state record signing. Cameron Jerome. Yeah, oh, God. Luton now, isn't he? Yes, and then obviously a bit further back, we've got such a 90s Stoke heroes as Nigel Gleghorn, Mark Prudhoe, Vince Overson, and uh, Richard Forsyth. And then going even further back, we've also got Jimmy Greenoff, whether it was at Birmingham for only a short time, but yes, he, uh, he was obviously, you know, Stoke legend. And uh, the old, another link we have got is Gary Rowett, who obviously played a lot of his career at Birmingham. And also, unfortunately, as a former state manager. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, let's hope it's a. He, it's a positive here's a question: one. Wasn't Gary Rowett the one who signed Ryan Woods and then took him on loan to Millwall with him? He did. <laughs> si- signed Woods. Uh, Woods. I must admit, mate, when he first came, Woods was brilliant, wasn't he? He was controlling and bossing that midfield, and then all of a sudden he gets, you know, kind of gets dropped. You're saying about ninety percent of the Stoke players we've ever had. <laughs> they come to Stoke yeah. and just have an all right start and then fall off. Like I'm going to mention another midfielder in Bula when he was here. He started off good, fell off. Like I said the other week, didn't I, about, yeah. about him and how, we, how everyone thought he was the next, you know, Makaleli, and um, you know he he did look incredible. Um, but we all know how that one turned out. So <laughs> no, um, nobody will nobody will ever beat Sammy Bangora for a start to a Stoke career that tailored off. Yeah. Oh well, never mind. Seven and seven and seven games, and then what was it? One in about twenty-seven after that. After he went AWOL at the African Nations Cup. Yeah, well, let's just forget about him. I think. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, certain Mr. Graham McGarry. Now Graham went for a two-one win last week, um, and you know what? He was seconds away from being bang on again. Um, so uh, unlucky to to Graham. Uh, let's let's just have a quick list and see what he's gone for for this week as well. Hi there, you Potters podcast people. Hello there, it's Graham McGarry back again after the international break. I hope you enjoyed your little breather from your football. This is Graham McGarry with that Potters prediction. Let's hope we get it right this weekend. Stoke City 2, Hull City 0. Stoke 1, West Brom 0. Stoke are ready to win at home. 2-0 for the Potters. Hi there, you Potters predictors listening to this one for this weekend. What's it going to be, Stoke at home to Birmingham City? We nearly got it exactly right last week, and it was only in the last seconds of the game that denied us that 2-1 Potters prediction victory. But it was still a great point to come back with from Nottingham Forest, and it's setting it up nicely for the business end of the season for Stoke City to be involved in that end-of-season race to be in the playoffs. They've got to make home advantage count now between now and and the end of the season. No slip-ups, and I'm not expecting one against Birmingham City this weekend because Stoke City have got a good squad, the players are full of confidence, and they've got the backing of the crowd. Stoke City home win. Hey, it's going to be quite big, you know. Stoke 3, Birmingham nil. Graham, lovely. Thank you very much. I think that's probably the biggest uh, winning scoreline you've gone for this season. So, yeah, 3-0, um, and I'll run through some predictions from people shortly but uh yeah i think that's a, a bit of a common scoreline that's been banded around so um yeah i think you're back on form uh so fingers crossed you know we're, we're talking about 
you know, at least three goals uh, this weekend, hopefully. Um, now, speaking of uh, kind of predictions, so um, I put a post out on the Facebook group, um, and I must admit it was it was always kind of good to to get everyone's thoughts. So the Stoke City FC fans from all around the world Facebook group uh, that were in there. So we put out a couple of posts in terms of you know what people thought for the game, predictions, etc., score lines, um, and I'll be honest, I can't read everyone's out because there was a ridiculous amount of uh, responses. So. Um, just before I run on to actually, you know, I'll, I'll do Facebook first. So in terms of the number of votes, now there was over 360 of you uh, that have basically uh, voted in the last kind of 24 hours or so. Um, so in reverse order, uh, Birmingham win, you had two votes, um, hardly surprising. Uh, draw, uh, we've got 12 votes for the draw, which obviously leaves 339 votes for a Stoke win. Um, now, some comments, just some score lines uh, to kind of call out on here. But again, I'm sorry, I can't mention them all. So, uh, Michael DeBarle, so 3 1 for Stoke could be 4, but a win for sure. Linda has gone for 2 0 Stoke. Alfie Heath gone 3 1 Stoke. Frank Holford went 20 Stoke. I think he meant 2 0. So, I give him a bit of a, a ribbon for that one. Sorry, Frank. Um, but yeah, 2 0 Stoke from him. Dave Price, 4 0. Uh, Kalen has gone for 2-0 to, to Stoke as well. Uh, and then one other one I wanted to kind of pull out here. So Gary Burnett. Um, so Gary went for a 3-1 Stoke win. Uh, so obviously thinks we'll concede. But one of the main comments here, so, or at least I hope so, travelling down from Arbroath on Friday, it's just all credit. We're on about going from, you know, bloody, you know Stoke to, to Palace and he's coming from Arbroath for the for the Birmingham game, so good on you. Uh, usually managed down a couple of times per season, and we usually win, so hopefully I'm a lucky omen. It says, to be precise, it's 336 miles, so it's in the blood, and he's put it, posted a, a picture of him uh, from 1972 as he was heading off to Wembley. So, um, yeah, thanks for sharing that, Gary, but I must admit, guys, at 336 miles, have, have either of you ever done that much of a, of a journey for a Stoke match before? No, the furthest I've done was a 320-mile round trip to QPR. And that's a round trip. I've been to Portsmouth, Gillingham. I think that's the furthest I've been. I go, I no, hang on. I've been to Valencia. That's way more than three. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I think um, the furthest English league game we get is probably a Plymouth away if we ever get them in a cup or something. Mm. Yeah, no, obviously, yeah, that's dedication for you, Nick, let's be honest. Uh, although I'm sure, um, you know, Matthew from America, who we met last week. He can top he, all of us. I think he can top, <laughs> top us all if we added every, everyone together, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, so in, interesting either way. Um, in terms of Twitter, I'll just, I'll just one stat, 90% of you think that Stoke are going to win. Um, which is, is, again, hardly surprising. I think most Birmingham fans, you would hope, well, obviously you, they, they're hoping they'll, they'll win, but I think they'd all understand that they're probably not going to. Um, so, yeah, in terms of obviously a couple of comments there, so it's brilliant. Um, Dan, you've been a, a busy bee getting us some uh, some audio from the Birmingham camp, if I'm not mistaken, mate. I've indeed. This is uh, Tom. Hi everyone, it's Tom from the Blues Focus podcast. Thanks for having me on again, it's a pleasure. Um, I'll get straight into things then. Previewing Saturday's game. Uh, how's our season gone? Um, I think it started well. And uh, sort of the longer that start of season good run went on, you know, expectations grew. 
Then we got brought back down to reality with a 3-0 defeat away at Peterborough. And since then, you know, there's been no consistency really um, results-wise. Um, I think playing style, we looked like we were building something and then we had injuries to key members of the team like to Heath Chong. And um, since October when we lost him, we've not really been the same side. However, uh, since the January windows come around now, uh, things are looking up, uh, having made three crucial uh, signings from the Caribbean, uh, being Lyle Taylor, Janino Bacuna and Onel Hernandez. And they have been fantastic. Um, we've changed our system a bit. You know, we did operate with a five at the back for a while, uh, using wing-backs and then three in midfield and two up top. We've uh, changed it slightly to a four at the back and a narrow diamond of midfielders in the middle and two up top, and that's more than likely the shape you'll see us play uh, at the weekend. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's it's exciting. I'd say it's finally just got exciting again at Blues. Um and we just want to finish the season as positive as positively as we possibly can. Um, what to expect from us? Like I said, you know, uh, four at the back, narrow diamond in midfield, and then the two up top. Um, I think high energy. Um, high energy from start to finish from uh, the attacking front. You know, Lyle Taylor. Very lively, good hold-up play. But Onel Hernandez is the real danger man you want to watch out for. Um, you know, if if you if we can get the ball to him as much as possible, he will cause problems for any defence. Um, and he's proven that, you know, even against the likes of Fulham and Bournemouth. Um, and I don't think you can get much better than those sort of defences. So I feel like if he can do it against them, uh, he can do it against anyone. So, uh yeah, um, definitely the one to look out for is Arnel Hernandez. Defensively, we are very light at the moment due to injuries. We do have Andre Wisdom training with the side, so whether he'd sign permanently before the Stoke game, we'd see anything, I don't know, but uh, I doubt he'll be up to match fitness anyway. So we we have actually been playing full-backs in the central defensive roles. Uh, Mengi did have a short injury, but he's back now, thankfully, and was back at the weekend. Uh, but we will still probably be playing a full-back at centre-back, more than likely Christian Pedersen. So defensively, we, we're not very strong, but going forward, um, we've looked really good, um, and hopefully we can only sort of get better from here on out. Um, so yeah, but there, there's also a player to watch out for. The main one is Onel Hernandez, but Lyle Taylor's been banging in the goals, and Bakuna. If if you give him the space and time to run the midfield alongside Ryan Woods, then he will. And I'm sure you guys will know about Ryan Woods very well. Um, my thoughts on Stoke, I think just generally unlucky, uh, particularly with losing Nick Powell to injury. I think that really derailed your season. Um, I, th- I felt like you were, from the start of the season for a while, you were looking like a playoff outfit. I do think that time has passed now. You might make a late push uh, with the addition of Josh Madger definitely adding goals. Lewis Baker surprised me so far. You know, uh, proper journeyman at this level, but seems to have really found a home at Stoke already. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think you've made some good signings that will hopefully bring you back a bit more consistent form. Um, but, no, you, you like Blues, actually, you've just been 
just so many injuries chucked all over the squad. Obviously, Harry Souter as well. That was a big loss um, injury-wise. Uh, I think you've had quite the rotation this season with goalkeepers as well. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it will be an interesting one. But you do have some good good players in that Stoke side. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, it's going to be an interesting game. But we do seem to have a fair bit of luck against Stoke. Um, these days so I'm hoping that luck uh, continues and but I would take a point and that does lead me on nicely to my score prediction and I am going to go for a 1-1 draw uh, goal scorers I'll go uh, Josh Madger for Stoke and for Blues I'm going to say Janino Bakuna uh, but that's all from me um, Thank you for having me on again, and uh, yeah, good luck for the rest of the season. Enjoy the game. Keep right on. Tom, thank you very much for, for the insight, mate. Much appreciated, as always. Um, and let's just move on to the uh, the home straight in a way now. So let's have a look at the kind of team selections. Now, um, I mean, again, for me, we mentioned this at the, the start of the pod, didn't we? Um, but <laughs> this team is almost starting to choose itself. Now, I think... We would obviously have Campbell and Powell in um, if they were fit. I don't think anyone's ever really going to argue with that. Um, so my team for this week, I've gone for the uh, the four two three one formation. So sticking there for the back. Uh, won't be any big shocks in terms of defence, but I'll, I'll cover it off anyway. So obviously Bursic in goal, Tyrant, Jagielka, Howard, Bellis, and Wilmot with Baker and Allen in the midfield. And then on the left side of the the kind of attacking midfield, we've got Bedace. Got Brown on the right and putting Wright Phillips in at the middle, just behind Maja. And I'm putting Wright Phillips in there for the simple fact that it's weird with Powell. I don't think he's going to play. It's been very quiet from the club. Um, I saw, obviously, when he went off, it seemed like it was a you know pulled hamstring, etc. So um, I'm assuming a couple of weeks out. But yeah, um, I think Wright Phillips is probably the the only person I can think about pointing into that position, to be honest. Um, Andy, did you kind of go for a similar team? I, I went for pretty much the same team. I said, if Powell's fit, you're playing, but otherwise put Wright Phillips in that cent- central attacking role. Um, you can't really change the team with how they've been performing together as a unit. If you take maybe two, even three players out, it's just going to, I think, knock how much chemistry they've got between them at the moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. And, and Obviously, Dan, we've got Sawyers and Varancic coming back. He'll probably be on the bench if they are well, that fit. I was going to say that. Um, Sawyers and Varancic, again, a couple of players. The last thing I heard, Mario was injured um, and there wasn't really much of a comment on when he was going to come back. And to be fair, even when the guy was back, he didn't even get on the pitch anyway. Yeah, I know Sawyers but, is back in training and obviously he's on loan. West Brom will want him to have game time. Will we give him a substitute appearance, see how fit he actually is? Potentially. But, but is he a player that you're going to put behind the, the striker up front, though? Well, he's he's not really a defensive midfielder. He's not an attacking midfielder. He's more I'll central, isn't he? I'll be honest. I think he'll thrive in this team now. I think he'll yeah. come alive with all the pace and everything around him. His well, game, Alan's come alive, hasn't he? So yeah, it's nice. His game is you know um, creating chances and stuff, and obviously he was playing deeper. But he wasn't. He wasn't a defensive midfielder. He was more like a sort of a deeper playmaker. One to just got a, you know got more time on the ball and uh, and 
I think if he is playing a bit, you know, with with these younger players now, who are, you know, buzzing about or whatever, like a right Phillips, Philogene Bidais, mm. um, you know, a Jacob Brown on top form. I th- imagine making runs. I think you'll love it there. Yeah, I'll, um, bring, I'll bring a quick fact in for you. I've just seen that the most positions he has played in his career is at that attacking midfield role. Yeah, that, that's, where, so, that's where he used to tear us apart for Brentford <laughs> when he played for so, Brentford. So maybe if he is fit, he could start ahead of Wright Phillips, but I don't think we'll chuck him straight into the side. I know the, the manager said, didn't he, that you know, he could have put him in the under-23s this week, but he didn't think it was, he didn't think it was worthwhile. Mm-hmm. making him play for the under-23s. Like, he didn't think he'd gain much from it. So that tells me that he's not a match fitness issue. Um, and that's not as if he needs to build that up. So, like I say, maybe stick him on. He, if at half-time, you know, he's he's blowing a bit, then, he, you know, we've got options on the bench, haven't we? You can bring your right Phillips on, you can bring your Vranchich on. For, you could have, if he is, you know, fit enough to do half a game. I think they have said he's maybe another week away yet, Vranchich. Um, well, he is back in training, so he could potentially yeah. have a substitute appearance, like we said. Obviously, obviously, we don't know about Nick Powell. He might be, he might be available himself. Might be with, fine. With a lot of games coming up as well, though, I'd, you've got to be wary, aren't you, with Powell? You don't want to be mm-hmm. overplaying. I think this is what I was saying last week. You've got three week, away games in eight days. Yeah, this is what I was saying once last week about you know playing in all three games and stuff, and maybe if we if we just say. Play him at weekends. Don't play him in midweek games. Would you? you know, is, is would you be happy with that if Stoke come out and said, you know, we got him, we've we've got a, a good squad, a big squad, uh, especially attacking players now. Nick, we're going to put Nick in at weekends, but you know, we're not going to risk him in midweek and may give him time to recover, and hopefully that'll keep him fit for the rest of the season. Would you? Would you guys be happy with that? Yeah, if I'd be happy with that. that? I think with with the team we have now, yes, because I think we can we have the we, can, we can cope. But before that was the one place that we we could definitely say we would we never had cover for. And to be fair, we could probably still do with another attacking midfield to to replace him in the summer. Um, because, not, not not necessarily replace him. That's probably a bit harsh. I mean, it, we definitely need cover because yeah, I mean, how, we don't know how many of these players are going to go back to their to their home clubs. Um, we're obviously going to have a lot of people out of contract, so it gives us that room. To, to hopefully um, get another player. But um, Nick, for a long time, has been unreliable with fitness, unfortunately. So we really. Yeah, <laughs> we, we've got to assume that uh, even Nick Powell now is going to miss a, at least a quarter of every season, at least a quarter. So if that's the case, we have to find a full-term replacement for him, uh, for me. So easier said than done, because... A, fu- a fully fit Nick Powell is one of the better players in this division. So easier said than done with the money we've got to spend. Um, I think so, yeah, he's, prem- I mean- he's sorry. I think he's okay. Premier League quality, isn't he? And ironically, if he was playing in the Premier League, it would probably suit him better as well because you do get a lot. You don't have the, the three game weeks, do you? Unless you're involved in European competition, you know there are hardly any three game weeks in the Premier League. Whereas they like, seems to be like a constant in the Championship and and obviously Leeds one and two. Yeah. So it's sort of like if he could get you know obviously if we if he got up with us, um, you know whether it be this season, next season, whatever, then you you do feel that maybe he could manage his body 
you know, better in the top flight and probably play a higher percentage of games due to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, mate, I'd love to see Nick kind of stay fit, but I think we all just know he isn't. So be interesting to see what happens in the summer. And obviously, we'll, I think obviously the the financials that get released soon will dictate what happens in, in, in the summer, of course. I know FFP has reared its head yet again on social media, so we'll, we'll soon see. But from what you're saying then, Dan, just to kind of, you know, kind of circle back, um, team-wise, the, the, the team that me and Andy have mentioned, are you making any other changes? I think I think the goalkeeper, defence, and the midfield too pit themselves, don't they? I can't see anybody uh, veering unless you've got a major Joe Allen agenda. I can't see anybody veering away from from those seven. Uh, like I say, Magic to me, Magic's going to stay up front. I think he, as I mentioned earlier on, his his movement and his ability to find space and sort of be a bit of a goal poacher mm-hmm. that could, you know, that that could be the difference between. A frustrating afternoon where we are, you know, throwing crosses in and then passing, you know, it forward, forward, sideways, backwards, looking for a gap, and and then obviously him finding the space and us being able to feed him the ball, and and then you know putting the ball in the net. <laughs> yeah, that, okay. that's going to be the. So he's got to play for me, and I think Phil Jean Bidais, he's going to play on one wing. Jacob Brown's going to be playing on the other, especially with no Tyrese for now. Um, yeah, I think it's it's that number ten, isn't it? Obviously, if Nick's fit, you probably start him at least, and maybe maybe look at bringing him off if we do get into a comfortable position. Not underestimating Birmingham in any way, but I think that goes for any game between now and the end of the season. Um, but obviously, you've got other options. I mean, you got Klukas, um, Sawyer's. Personally, I'd go with Sawyers. I'd see what we can get out of him. Um, like I say, if he is blowing about half time, we can always bring Sam Lucas on for the second half. He probably enjoys himself as well, getting a bit more advanced and a bit more of a, a freer role. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. And, and obviously, then just uh, very quickly, so score lines. Dan, I'll start with you, mate. Um, what's your score prediction? I'm going to go with. Uh, Three nil. I'm going same the same as Graham there. I think. Oh, you know, <laughs> excuse me, you're the one who. It was uh, me last week. Yes, you. I don't go with Graham, hence why I got it right last week. Two two. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what are you going I've for? I've gone for a two nil. Um, two nil. Obviously, Graham thinks we're going to score a lot. A lot of fans think we're going to score a lot, but I think. As a team, Birmingham, you can't really underestimate them. Like, obviously, they beat Luton 3-0, but they've lost quite a lot. So, I feel like they'll have an all right game, but not enough to score. OK, well, I'm going to, I'm going for the first spanking of the season, 4-0. Ooh. <gasps> Oof. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone bold. Gone bold, <laughs> mate. Gone bold. I might have, I'm feeling a hat-trick as well. Um, the day's so, hat-trick. No, a Maja hat-trick, Maja. I think. I think Ooh. he's. I think he'll mop up. Really do. We get that. Get that delivery right. With you know the runs, timing, etc. He could really mop up, mate. And then so, Baker to score from forty yards out. <laughs> yeah, just for a change. Um, okay. Well, we're not quite finished. Um, so everyone who listens right through to the end, obviously, well done, and you know what what's going to come next. Uh, Mister Mister Stato has his weekly quiz 
for us um, and he refuses to tell me what the subject is even though I keep asking so that I can't do any prep. So go on, entertain us down. What what kind of what is was it gonna be this week? Um Clive Clark's grandchildren's name. We have to you know, <coughs> guess or something like that. Come on, mate. The seven generations of Wright Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> Including the future ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna keep you in suspense for a tiny bit longer. Oh, there's something I just need to tell our listeners before we get into it. So this week, um, we've sort of linked up with Unit 1863. Now, for anybody who doesn't know them, they are the group that sit in the, the, the south stand at the Bet365 Stadium, essentially the singing section. Um, so we sort of spoke to them this week, and we're going to say, if you can send your songs in to us, uh, and then we'll get, and obviously what tune it goes to, the words, uh, we'll sort of pass them on to them, and then they're going to give us some feedback, and you'll get, you know, whether they, it could end up being sung from the terraces, you know what I mean? It's it's that kind of thing. So, you know, if you if you've got a song, you think, yeah, this, you know, this is a winner. Get the lads, sing, you know, get the fans singing this on a Saturday afternoon, and then send it in to us. Like I say, we'll pass it on, and they'll give it the thumbs up or the thumbs down. And you might hear your your masterpiece echoing around the the three six five. If we can get the fans to sing, of course, that's another challenge, a separate well, one. But... I, that, that's sort of what, what made me sort of get in touch with them, because it is, you know, apart from certain sections, it is quite a quiet ground at the minute, which is a shame. I think it might be a bit bit more different on Saturday, because we've got a team now that are actually entertaining a little bit more, aren't they? I think it, for, yeah. for a while it was a bit sort of dragging through the game rather than getting people off the seat and obviously we like to see young young talents who are you know vibrant and, and you know exciting and that's what we've got now so hopefully the fans will respond in the same way well it's interesting to note actually before you i know i've just said go on to the quiz but um Basically, the, this is going to be the highest attendance of the season, just so you know. So there's been over 22,000 tickets that have been sold so far. Wow. Um, I feel like um, the Blackpool one might have more with the fact season cardholders can buy unlimited tickets. Yeah, yeah. they want a full house for that. Don't they? The schools yeah. are very few as well for that. They, 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 that they're going to do a lot around the 50th, 50th anniversary, aren't they, of the League Cup win. And obviously those lads there, they, they, they were involved in that and they're going to be there on the day, no doubt. They don't deserve walking out into a half-empty stadium. We were three-quarters full. We need to get the place rocking for that game, don't we? Regardless of, you know, regardless of what's going on between now and then with the first team here, you know, just to re- respect and you know show a thanks to that side. I think everyone, you know, needs to pack the place out. No empty yeah. seats. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure they'll have a lot going on. Um, but anyway, let's get on to your quiz, mate. Yes, so what I'm looking for this week is I want you to name me the last 10 players to score a penalty for Stoke. Well, like, we've got one. It's obviously Lewis Baker. I'll give you what one. Um, obviously, he scored two in his last two games, which is a very rarity. And we are terrible at scoring penalties, aren't we? Or we have been up until now. So, yeah, I thought if you can cast your minds back the last 10 players to score a penalty for Stoke. See, funny enough, um, the one man that comes back to me, and I've just, I can't see it being this long ago, though. Um, 
it, it is the likes of like Johnny Walters and Co. Surely we cannot be talking that far back, can we? No. <laughs> Can't be. Johnny Walters. So you think that he is That's how bad than the ten. Well, he had that game against Chelsea, didn't he? That was awful. <laughs> so you so you're thinking that John Wal- Johnny Walters is further back than ten. Is that what you're saying? Be, it's gotta be way further. Six. Really? <laughs> yes. Well, he's on there. Jesus Christ! Um, I was taking a, I was taking a bit of a, a long punt, no wanting to commit on that one. And... Who would have taken penalties <laughs> last season? Well, oh, last season, Clucas uh, probably would. Stephen Fletcher. Fletch. Fletch. Go Fletch. Yeah. Fletcher number two. Ooh. Okay. So. So obviously Baker's number Baker's one. First, then Fletch. I'm just thinking Joel forwards we've had. We had a penalty in the whole match, the 5-1. Tyrese Campbell stepped up and scored it. Oh, Tyrese, yeah. Get off Google, Andy. I'm not on Google. I went to the game. (laughs) Uh, Yes, Tyrese Campbell's number three. Okay, well, I can think of two others then, just from um, if Johnny Walters is on there, uh, the likes of Anoutovic and Bojan have got to be up there, surely. Bojan number seven, Anoutovic number nine. So we're, we've done one, two. One, two, three, six, seven, nine. Okay, well, Charlie Adam. We know he missed Charlie the last Adam's one. I'll be on there. Adam's number eight. So you need four, five. So you need somebody after Campbell. There's two players after Campbell and before Walters. And then the one, number 10, is the one after Arnautovic. I'm trying to think who took penalties for us now. Well, Matty Edmonton used to take him. Uh, he was there around the same now? time as Walters, though. Now they were playing together. So Matthew Edmonton surely has got to be on your list, Dan. Matthew Edmonton is not. Oh, so obviously, not. Walters was still there, but obviously, Arnautovic at number nine, he sort of obviously took Edmonton's sort of position, didn't he? Mm. Who else have we had that would take penalties? Forward twice. Too far back. James be too far back. James Beattie. But again, that's that's probably too far back as well. Yeah, because that, that's way, way too far back. God. Um, I'm thinking Premier League, obviously. We've had yeah, Bojan, um, Adam. Lawrence, first game of the season. When we got up. Liam Lawrence? Is that what you're going with? Go with it. Got, yeah, Go I can't think it. of any more. <laughs> no, no Liam oh, Lawrence. So, I'm trying to you've think. got one, li- one life left. You've still got two, so you've got two two players who've done it since John Walters last scored a penalty. And you've got one who's number 10 on the list from way back when, before Arn- he scored one, before Arnautovic did. Are we allowed to know the game he scored in? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 number 10 is a tricky one. Number 10 yeah. is a tricky one. Uh, the very well the other one 10. we've got is before Tyrese. So the the other two are after Tyrese scored his last penalty uh, between Tyrese Campbell and John Walters. So you're looking at championship. I'll give you that. There's two championship players, and then there's one obviously Premier League player that you'll do very well to get. Championship. Seven hours later. God, this is tricky. Isn't it? it is. It is. So think back after Walters, we got we got relegated. We started spent all that money on players. Didn't it's not we? Sam Vokes. 
can't be. I don't. I, I don't think he was very reliable on penalties. <laughs> he probably yeah. only took one or two. Um, I would say Berahino, but he wasn't very reliable on him. Um, <laughs> he did things where he did score one. I remember he did score one. I think it was a cup match, though, wasn't it? Mm, it could have been. God, we're, we're struggling here, mate. We've only got one more I'm guess. I'm thinking of forwards we've had. We've had a phobie. Well, Fuller, obviously, but I don't... Fuller's scored a lot of penalties, but I don't know. Benick? Go with one, mate. and um, <sighs> I, Yeah, we'll be here all Let, night. Let's go don't. with that. A phobie? Mm-hmm. He did indeed. He's oh. not <laughs> He scored on his debut, in fact. He scored quite, I think he scored about two or three that season. Um, so we're now talking the person who was in the Premier League. Before. And the one before Tyrese. Yeah, so before Tyrese, uh, after Benny Kofobi. I'm thinking, what what forwards did we have championship-wise that we've not mentioned? Well... The Premier League one's like going to be dead difficult. I'm, th- I'm thinking, though... We had who was the guy we had on loan from Villa? From Villa. Um, oh Christ! Scott Hogan. No. No. He wanted to take him, Penners. Oh God. James Chester. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he was on loan from Villa. Oh my God! What's his name? Uh, we've said Sam Vokes. It won't be Sam Vokes. Um. Did did I? I'll give you an obscure clue that okay. might just trigger it. When you said Sadio Berahino, yeah. right now, that's not a million miles away. There is a link to Sadio Berahino right now. I'm thinking they play for the same club then. <sighs> who, who plays for Sheffield Wednesday now? I want to say Gregors. Lee Gregory. Oh, Lee Gregory. Mm. But we said Premier League, though, didn't you? Yeah, but we've also got one championship. And if there's a link-up between them, and I've said the same club, the only player I can think who's played for both with each other really is Lee Gregory. I'll just go for it, mate. Yeah, just go for it so we can get it done. I'll yes. say, I think we'll yeah. be here all day. Yes, Lee Gregory is fourth on the list. This is my oh, feet for knowledge well coming done, through. Mate. Well done. <laughs> and so, then it's the Premier League one. <laughs> Oh, Lee Gregory, God. Lee Gregory, in fact, is the last player before uh, Baker to score two in a row. That's how bad we are at Belges. So Premier League, you know, Bojan Arnie era. Eh, God, you're never gonna get it. No, no, no. Any clues or? Um, it was very good. <laughs> 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 that helps. Yeah. Um, um, he, he's he's gone on to play in Turkey. He's played for two members of the top four in the in the the, the big four in the Premier League. Oh, so Victor Moses. Oh, Asadi. Victor Moses played for Fenerbahce. As soon as I heard you mention Turkey, I remember when he went to Fenerbahce from Chelsea, and I was like, yes. "Yeah, it's got it's got to be." No one else has really gone to Turkey apart from NDI, and and Betty Kafobi. Yeah, but Kafobi <laughs> we've already mentioned, and then NDI yeah. didn't take penalties for us, so there's only one player you could really mention. So yes, Victor Moses scored one. I don't think we did too bad there. I mean, that mm. was quite we tricky. Are, 
You only needed 742 clues. Oh, we got there, didn't we? <laughs> you did, you got there in the end. Um, yes, hope you enjoyed that, people, as listening. Uh, well, probably a bit of editing there. You, you've probably heard the condensed version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, After seven hours of thinking. Yeah, I was say, it's now quarter to three. I need to be up in about an hour's time. <laughs> okay, so done. Thanks for the quiz, mate. I'll be honest, always love it. I'd never get, never, we never do too badly, but we, we, well, I think we did better than last week, if I remember rightly. I think last yeah, week we got was none last absolute week, disaster. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, really, really good. So, thanks for that, mate. Um, so, that pretty much does it i think for this week's pod um feels like it's flown tonight but uh yeah so fingers crossed then for, for three points versus birmingham definitely think we need it uh we've obviously got uh the, the god's favorite man uh the week after so yes uh, god willing that we can get three points in midweek as well yeah yeah just smacking his chest Oh God! You know what? We should have probably had, had a quick look at the looting game, shouldn't we? Um, I know. I know this sounds a bit off topic, but have you ever watched Wolf of Wall Street where he starts pounding yes. his chest when he's at, oh, at the dinner yes. table? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, mate. Anyone who's watched, everyone's watched that. Um, but yeah, anyway, what a great place to leave it. Um, Somebody thanks. should superimpose NJ's head onto it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Tag that is your mission for this weekend. <laughs> I'm not that talented. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. <laughs> Good lad. Right. Anyway, thank you to everyone who's listened. Thanks to you two. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.